Shalom, and welcome to Israel Policy Pod. I'm your host, Evan Gottesman. And I'm Eli Koaz. Today we are speaking about a unique topic. In tandem with the release of Israel Policy Forum's newest study, In Search of a Viable Option, which Evan co-authored with Dr. Shira Efron, and which has a foreword written by Ambassador Daniel Shapiro, the study analyzes seven potential outcomes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Last month, we spoke with the study's authors, and Ambassador Daniel B. Shapiro about this new report's broader purpose. And in the coming weeks, we're going to take a closer look at each of the seven approaches the study examines. Today, we're going to dive into two of the proposals evaluated in the report, the Trump Plan and One Jewish State. And here to help us understand these ideas is Dr. and Colonel Shaul Ariely. Shaul Ariely is a retired colonel in the Israel Defense Forces and one of Israel's leading experts on the demarcation of the future Israeli-Palestinian border and the route of the Israel-West Bank barrier. Colonel Ariely served as commander of a brigade in the Gaza Strip. As part of his military service, he was responsible for the preparation of official negotiations with the Palestinians as head of the Interim Agreement Administration under the Rabin government and as head of the Peace Administration in the Barak government. Since retiring from the Israel Defense Forces in 2001, Shaul has dedicated himself to advancing an Israeli-Palestinian permanent status agreement and was among the leading negotiators in the process that brought about the Geneva Initiative in 2003. Shaul, thanks for joining us. And more than anything, Shaul is a, a great friend of, of Israel Policy Forum. Important we mention that as well. Absolutely. Yes, of course. So let's start by talking about the one Jewish state proposal which would entail annexation of West Bank territory. Now, there are all sorts of talk um, when it comes to this annexation, where it would be, uh, what areas. Um, Can you talk about uh, the different annexation proposals floated by those on the Israeli right and Israeli leaders in general? Yes, uh, of course. Let me start with uh, emphasize that until now, none of the more than uh, 60 proposal of annexation has been submitted to the Knesset because the Prime Minister Netanyahu has blocked all of them and uh, he argued that it should be government bills and in uh, co- coordination with the, uh, with the Americans. But in any case, we have so many proposals for uh, annexation the maximum proposal for annexation was about the, all the Israeli or Jewish settlements in the West uh, Bank. And the minimalist proposal for annexation was about Made uh, Adumim near uh, Jerusalem. Some of the different annexation proposals sound a lot like the Trump administration's plan for the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Where does this peace to prosperity proposal that the White House put out earlier this year fit into the equation? Just to, to mention and to remind that in Trump's vision of peace, we have the part that deal with annexation of all the Israeli settlements, including 16 Israeli uh, enclaves and also uh, so many illegal uh, outputs. Israel and United States have formed a joint mapping uh, a team, but today we have several uh, Israeli teams that are working uh, in the field, trying to prepare everything legally and planning uh, to annex the Jordan Valley and Jerusalem envelope to, to Israel. 
So it's really fit to peace to prosperity of uh, President uh, uh, Trump. Shaul, I want to ask um, a question about just going back to the annexation proposals. So, of course, as you know very well, uh, the West Bank is divided up into uh, three areas as of the Oslo II uh, agreements in 1995. Um, areas A and B, which are under Palestinian uh, control, and that represents those areas represent 40% of the West Bank, with the remaining area, uh, Area C, representing 60% of the West Bank, and that's where all of the Israeli settlers live. Can you talk about the proposal like that Naftali Bennett advocates for? Because he, he says that, I don't want to annex all the Palestinians. I just want to annex Area C, 60%, where all the Israeli settlers live. And uh, so be it. There will be maybe 120, 130,000 Palestinians that are in Area C end up getting citizenship. What's the issue with that at, at face value? Because as Naftali Bennett describes it, it seems like Israel are getting a really great deal. Can you talk about why uh, this is more complicated than, than meets the eye? Yes, of course. As you know, uh, Naftali Bennett came out with this plan uh, before the election and uh, in 2012. And the idea was really to annex only, only uh, Area C, which is 60% of the of the West Bank, because as you mentioned, all the Israelis are living there, and we have less than 100,000 Palestinians in this uh, area. But in his plan and his uh, short uh, video to describe his plan, he uh, described Area A like a perfect square and also Area B like a perfect square, and the same applies for uh, Area C. But the reality is totally different because we are not dealing with, th with three different uh, 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 or uh, separate uh, uh, squares, but we are dealing with m more than uh, 169 uh, isolated islands of Area A and B with scores of uh, uh, corridors of Area C. It means that there is no contiguity for the Palestinian uh, 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 autonomy. And we cannot uh, even create a, a traffic uh, 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 contiguity for the Palestinians because of this uh, uh, situation. And just to remind you that I was responsible to draw down this map uh, in 1995 for the interim uh, uh, agreement. But also we have other uh, questions and other challenges to, to deal with, like what, like the security fence. What we are going to do with the security fence? Because today we have we have we have we have this uh, security uh, barrier uh, along the Green Line, which is about 500 uh, kilometers. But we have to dismantle this uh, security barrier and to rebuild it. Uh, according to the new line, and the new line, it's almost 1,800 kilometers, which means it will cost 30, 34 uh, uh, billion shekel uh, uh, to build it. And there are so many other uh, issues, like 52% uh, of the uh, Area C, it's private Palestinian uh, uh, land. How they can uh, uh, take care of their land if they are 
outside of area C or they don't have the permit to cross the border and to reach to Israel and to take care of their land. So for this, we need to open and to build hundreds of agricultural gates for the Palestinians. So it means that the possibility of this plan, it's really near to zero. Sounds like a big, big balagan, a huge mess. But obviously all this is much easier to see if you have a map in front of you. Kind of hard to visualize over a podcast. And for all those who want to hear more from Shaul, we recently announced a webinar series every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And Shaul will be a guest in one of our future webinars. So please stay tuned for that. And also we will link a map of the West Bank so you can check it out. Uh, during the podcast, just to have a better, better reference. Those are going to be some really good upcoming programs to elaborate on all of these issues. Shaul, I want to turn back to your last answer, though. You mentioned that the plans for annexation, particularly the plans for annexing Area C, like the ones that Eli mentioned, supported by Naftali Bennett, leave no room for Palestinian territorial contiguity. What would the impact of annexation in a one-state outcome be on the Palestinian Authority specifically? You know, uh, I don't believe that the Palestinian leadership can contain such measures and that it will have to adopt the position of the extremists. This means that this will be the end of the security coordination between Israel and the Palestinian security forces. We are talking about also economic uh, coordination, and I believe that we are going to face uh, uh, escalation. I think that in the end of this process, Israel has to control uh, not only Area C, but also Area A and B uh, after the collapsing of the uh, Palestinian uh, Authority. And uh, maybe we may, may finally see a joint Palestinian leadership that may even be located in Gaza Strip or on, on one of the uh, Arab countries in the regions. And from there, they will lead the political and even the military struggle uh, uh, against uh, Israel. But the implication of such a, a unilateral step, annexation of part of the West Bank, will lead Israel to annex the entire uh, West Bank and to take responsibility for the 3 million Palestinians who are living there. You mentioned security coordination. Now, sorry. You mentioned security coordination. What kinds of coordination are taking place now between Israel and the Palestinian Authority during this coronavirus outbreak, which has totally changed a lot of the parameters of things going on on the ground. And how would the situation look for Israelis and Palestinians had this pandemic happened, say, after annexation with no functioning PA in place? Maybe I'm going to surprise you, but apparently the corona overcomes the division between Israel and the Palestinians, even between Israel and the Hamas. There is a full coordination between the health ministries, 
Israel also uh, established a, a medical center in, in, at uh, Erez Crossing for Gaza residents. And also Israel has approved a transfer of 120 million shekel and many other uh, things because we realize this, that this uh, 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 crisis is also our responsibility and we have to coordinate with the Palestinians how to prevent a, a Gaza Strip to fall to this uh, a, a epidemic. Uh, about, you know, the annexation and the corona, I cannot know because I guess the fear of the corona would have claimed the area. But on the other hand, the distrust between the parties is so great that it was a matter of time before we would come to violent confrontation, uh, I mean, between the Israelis and the, uh, and the Palestinians. But I believe that this responsibility to what happened now in the in the Palestinian Authority, maybe can uh, uh, teach us what could be the implications of uh, such uh, annexation of the West Bank. Shaul, um, earlier this year, it, it looked as if we were, uh, I mean, Israel was leaping, not creeping toward annexation, especially uh, after the release of the Trump plan, the government convened mapping committees, um, which were uh, assembled to pl- really plan out the annexation um, in coordination also with the United States. Where does all this stand right now with the coronavirus uh, pandemic? Is it safe to say that everything is on hold for the time being when it comes to uh, annexation? Or is there an imminent threat that it still exists? Uh, I'm, as I already mentioned, so I'm going again to surprise you because we have to remember that we have Naftali Bennett with his very clear uh, uh, agenda uh, uh, for annexation area C in uh, in the West Bank. So now he is the Minister of Defense, and we know that he uh, asked uh, the IDF and COGAT to prepare everything that we need for uh, annexation of uh, the Jordan Valley and the envelope of uh, uh, Jerusalem. He also did this uh, uh, by bypass the chief of uh, staff and even the the commander of the planning branch. So Aviv Kohabi, the chief of uh, uh, staff, asked him to uh, keep uh, the right uh, 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 the right way to give orders to the uh, to the army only via uh, his uh, uh, office. But it's very dangerous because when he finish his uh, uh, preparation for annexation of the uh, Jordan Valley. Naftali Bennett can ask even the current uh, government to approve such a very uh, uh, dramatic uh, uh, step and to annex this area to Israel with all the applications that I already mentioned. So as, just to clarify, as Defense Minister, Naftali Bennett has powers to change the dynamics in the West Bank essentially on his own without the Knesset approval. But he does need the approval of the pr- prime minister, correct? 
the approval of the prime minister and also, of course, uh, and, and then uh, the government. It, it doesn't need the Knesset to pass such a, a step. It's only to apply only, yes, to apply the Israeli law on the, uh, on the Jordan Valley. And the next step will be with the Knesset, but in this uh, time, it doesn't need the Knesset to do this. And obviously, Naftali, I think it's safe to say that Naftali Bennett's days as a defense minister uh, are probably uh, numbered. He was made defense minister as a political appointment, uh, not because of his vast experience. Um, and Netanyahu admitted so himself. So it wouldn't be surprising if he tries to make some sort of move with the little time he has left uh, in his post. Of course, we can see it uh, everything, like in Hebron, in the Jewish quarter, he asked uh, the Kogar to plan a new Jewish neighborhood uh, in uh, the Jewish quarter uh, near Abraham Avinu uh, neighborhood. And I know that he approved so many requests from the from the settlers, you know, to to build here and to build there. And also, what I already mentioned about the planning for annexation of the Jordan Valley. Right, and the Jordan Valley annexation is something that's also entered the mainstream political conversation in Israel in the past year. Uh, certainly a conversation that's been accelerated by these past three Knesset elections, as it's something that Prime Minister Netanyahu has brought out as a campaign promise and has also even been discussed with caveats as part of the platform of Kacholavan. Um, Shaul, I want to thank you for joining us on today's podcast, uh, especially given the crazy circumstances of everything that's happening in the world. Um, and for sharing your expertise on this issue. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, thanks again for joining us. As Eli mentioned, there are going to be a bunch of ways that you can stay engaged with our resources during this time, including those Tuesday video briefings, and you can expect Shaul to return for those programs. We're also doing two new episodes of Israel Policy Pod every week, So make sure that you get to tune in for both new installments of this program. We'll also continue to be putting out our regular policy resources as normal, the Koplau column, our Israel Policy Exchange blog, and existing initiatives like the 120 Project for Israeli elections and politics, the 50 Steps Before the Deal initiative, Gaza Crisis and Solutions, Annexation Watch, and of course the study that we mentioned at the beginning of this episode in search of a viable option, which you can find on our website at ipf.li forward slash new study. And of course, please take the time to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to the program. Your support goes a long way to help us and be healthy and be well, and we'll catch you on our next episode. 